This is the Music Mentor Podcast. What is up, girls and boys, ladies and gentlemen? This is Demian, your host of the Music Mentor Podcast, and welcome to episode number 126. The past couple of weeks, I've covered topics that are somewhat deep or more having to do with the mental game or putting things in perspective, and I want to go back to the music side of things, and specifically the instrument part of it, and even more specifically, backline. I want to talk a little bit about what it is, about dealing with backline that we like, and sometimes what to do when we don't feel comfortable with the backline that is provided. So I will smoothly segue to thanking the companies I endorse, and I'm proud to play live in the studio or when I practice, and they are Zildjian Cymbals, Vader Drumsticks, Evans Drumheads, Gibraltar Hardware, LP Percussion, Simpad Accessories, Humesenberg Cases, Ultimate Ears, In-Ear Monitors, and Nirvana Handpans. This past weekend, I just got back from playing in Brazil, in Goiânia, at the Villa Mix Festival with Nick Jonas, and it was one of the most incredible, unforgettable, unique shows I've ever played. It was a massive stage, 50,000 people, screaming fans, people that love his music, that know every song, every lyric, as most of the concerts we play, but this was just truly overwhelming. It was professionally filmed, and it was streamed online. It even became a worldwide trending topic, and one of the things that made it so special and so solid and so amazing was that I had all the gear that I liked and that I played and that I felt comfortable with. And it was just absolutely incredible to know that I was about to play a massive show like that and that I had to not worry at all about the gear. And it has to do with the companies that I choose to play, the companies that I'm very privileged, like I said at the beginning, um, that I endorse or to endorse. And by the way, if you're interested in this topic, one of the first episodes I ever did on this podcast has to do with um, endorsement. So if you have some questions, maybe check that out and, and reach out to me if you if you have more inquiries or doubts or whatnot. So it got me thinking um, after some conversations with my dear friend Patrick Taylor, amazing bass player, about how sometimes... Um, we don't have the backline that we want and how to deal with that. So I'll go over a, a few things. So to a degree, well, to start, if you don't know what backline is, to put it very, very simply, is when a production company or an event or whoever is in charge of the show uh, provides the instruments. Maybe it's a venue that has amps and, or, more, excuse me, more than the instruments, more specifically, would be the amps or maybe um, obviously the PA system, drum set, and sometimes they have some guitars, some basses, and sort of generic-ish versions of some of those instruments. But the bottom line is that it is not or they are not the instruments that you own, that you play, and that you are familiar with. That's sort of the, the way to break it down. As a drummer, few things are cooler and more amazing to hear than when they tell you that you don't have to bring your drum set or that the venue has uh 
one that you could use or that another band is providing one. That's always, or for the most part, is relieving because it means you don't have to carry your stuff or undo it from your practice space. Not all of us have multiple drum sets, so you have something set up a specific way and you don't want to have to break it down and do the process all over again. So when they tell you there's a backline, it's incredible news. But on the other hand, since it's not your instrument, it might have some negative aspects or, or not so positive in that it's not what you're used to. They might not have the heads that you like. They might not have the kind of drum set that you like, the number of, of items or pieces on the kit. Maybe it's too big. Maybe it's too small, too vintage, too new, whatever. And we end up um, being sort of or reflecting how we feel about that encounter. So a lot of times we get into a negative mood or it's not the best or we have these preconceived ideas of, oh man, the show's not going to be this good because I don't have a good equipment and so on and so forth. So on one hand, playing what you like, having the ideal set up or close to ideal, that's great. It's easy to deal with. It's self-explanatory. We don't need to go too deep when it comes to that. But on the other hand, when you don't have the instruments that you like or when you they provide things that you absolutely can't stand or brands that you don't jive with i can't believe i use that expression but yes i am 36 there's a few things that uh could help you stress less or put things in perspective that can allow you to not worry so much if that makes sense so for me the first thing is knowing our instrument not only the individual instrument that we own but also the instrument as a whole. So what do I mean? I mean that the more you know how your guitar works, in theory, the more you'll know how the guitars in general work. How The more you know about how your drum set and your snare drum operates, or your kick pedal, or your cymbal stance, the more you feel um, like you would know how to deal with other guitars. So the more you hone in on that and you can troubleshoot, in theory... When it comes to you using other instruments that you don't like, you are able to tweak them to sort of approximate them as closely as possible to what your kit, your guitar, your bass sounds like. And of course, it's it's open to discussion. And if you're a pro, you, you don't need me to go over a lot of these things with you. But I do enjoy playing the instrument that is provided as is for the most part, especially like smaller venues or club club stuff, club dates, something like that, because it just kind of makes it fun, makes it different, and it allows you to learn f- about gear, about sounds. It poses a challenge in terms of how do I get the way, how do I make this snare drum sound the way that I make my snare drum sound at home, whether it's by tuning or by the way we hit the drum. And it applies to a lot of things. And then you start sort of, developing your voice, you start developing uh, your tone, and it's very important. So as much as it's, you could see the negative side of not having the gear that you want, there are many positives to it. However, there's a difference between not having gear that we want and not having good gear. So the first thing that I'll say when it comes to that specific dimension of it all is to not complain if you can because it just becomes this 
snowballing effect where everybody complains about their gear and it reflects negatively or could reflect negatively on the artist that you're working with. Most of the time, things are perfect and, you know, let's say first level or top level artists have their stuff together and they're either touring where you bring your own instrument or a super high-end backline is guaranteed. But sometimes the artists or the management company or production company, they don't have all the, the control. And sometimes you're playing in the middle of America where we don't have, you know, the perfect kit or the symbols that I want. And you have to play. And if you start complaining and you think that it has to do with the artists themselves, it could be this slippery slope that I don't particularly think that a lot of positive things can come out of it. So to a degree, we need to be as specific as we can when we order or we ask for backline, give first, second, third choices. That's a, obviously a good thing. And again, to be respectful as possible and try to present in a good way, in a constructive way, what it is it, what it is that we don't like and how it could be fixed. Um, that's huge and has been huge for me and for the morale of the whole team. I think it's uh, important to keep in mind. Like with a lot of the topics or opinions or anecdotes or whatever that, that we share on this podcast, sometimes it goes just out the window and there are no rules. And that's one of the great things about life and this business in general. I've lost count of how many gigs I've played not on my current gig, but definitely with many gigs and tours in the past where I get to a venue and I check out the drum set and they have heads that I can't stand or a symbol of symbol brand that I don't use or I don't like or just everything about it. I just don't feel it at all. And I end up having one of the best shows of my life or the artist says like, hey, I loved how your drums, the drums sounded great, or the engineer compliments you on the sound or whatever. So we need to keep sort of this open mind and to know that I'm prepared. I know the stuff. I know the, the show. I know the songs. I can play them on whatever instrument. And hopefully we have done so much practicing where we know how to adapt on the spot and make whatever gear we have sound as close to what we needed to as possible. Thank you so much for listening. This was the Music Mentor Podcast.